You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. There is a message that I have prepared for you today. Uh, it's a standalone message, and that message is titled Hungry for God. How many of you are hungry right now for food, too? Hungry for God. It's getting close to lunchtime. Hungry for God. And the intent of the message is to better prepare us for the 21-day fast that we as a church are going to start on Tuesday of this week. If you weren't aware of that, as a church, we're getting ready to start a 21-day of fasting. Uh, and so this message is uh, it's very instructive. I just want to go ahead and tell you it's a very instructive message, uh, maybe a little different than what we would normally have, but it's preparation for us to move into this 21 days of fasting. And I think in reference to what I've just spoken about more, that this particular fast will have great spiritual significance and spiritual impact on causing that more that we're desiring and anticipating to become a reality. As we engage in this fast, God is going to bring to pass that more. We're going to begin to... It's going to be a catalyst. Um, Over the years, I have consistently uh, included in my yearly spiritual growth plan the spiritual discipline of fasting. Let me just pause right here. Some of you might say, well, what do you mean when you say your yearly spiritual growth plan? Um, Many of you, if you've been at Grace Covenant a while, you know about spiritual growth plans and you may have one. Um, But if you don't live out your year by some plan for growth, I want to encourage you to join us on January 16th um, here in this building. Uh, There's going to be a a class that's about one one hour and 15 minutes, and it's just going to teach the basics of developing a spiritual growth plan. A spiritual growth plan allows you to move through the year and uh, causes your spiritual growth to move at an exponential rate because you have a plan in which you invite the Holy Spirit to. So again, please come. But again, over the years, I have uh, included uh, this, the discipline of fasting in my yearly spiritual growth plan. And what I have found is that when I am intentional in my preparation for a time of fasting, uh, that time of fasting uh, is much more. I'm much more successful in that time of fasting. And when I talk about preparation, I'm talking about preparing myself mentally, myself uh, uh, physically, myself emotionally, myself spiritually. When when I when I prepare um, and I move into that fast it, intentional preparation, I um, I hear better, I see better, um, I I receive the things of God in a different way. But on the flip side of that coin, in the years where I've moved into a time of fasting, let's say maybe I say, hey, you know what, I think uh, tomorrow I'm going to start a, a three-day fast. But I don't take time to prepare. When I'm not intentional about how I'm going to move through that fast, what I've found is that um, I'm not as successful. I'm, I'm not prepared. And so therefore, uh, I believe that personally what happens is because I wasn't intentional, I forfeit um, some of the spiritual growth and development that God would have had for me as, or he had for me as a result of the fast. So I've learned to be intentional in, in preparing for the fast. Um, in my life, I have found that rarely do I accidentally move forward in my spiritual growth, development, and formation. Um, it just doesn't happen. I'm not saying we don't just naturally, supernaturally grow, but when I'm intentional about it, it happens. But if, if I'm expecting it to just happen accidentally, it typically doesn't happen. The greatest degree 
of spiritual growth requires intentionality. It requires preparation. And I believe that this is particularly true uh, when we begin to think about the spiritual discipline of fasting. And here's why. When we fast, fasting requires that we deny ourselves. Is there anybody, any martyrs in the room? Do you like to deny yourself? I, I don't. And so especially in a fast, for most of us, when we think about a fast, we think about we're denying ourselves of food. And that really hurts. Um, but because fasting requires that we deny ourselves, it becomes one of the most challenging pathways to spiritual growth and development. But it is also one of the most rewarding pathways to spiritual growth and development. So with that in mind, let me tell you what I would hope to accomplish in the bit of time that we have left together this morning. It's three things. Um, the first thing that I want to do is spend some time talking to you um, uh, to ensure that we are on the same page in our understanding of the purpose of fasting. And again, this, I said this is going to be very instructive uh, that prepares us for the fast. Uh, I'm going to talk about what fasting isn't, and I'm going to talk about what fasting is. I need to tell you that this, that section is not in your, your outline. You, you probably want to take some notes. That's kind of my, my other message uh, in the message. <clears throat> um, and the second thing that I, 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 I want to do is um, I, I want to identify uh, three types of biblical fast. So first, we're going to uh, make sure we understand what fasting is so that we're on the same page, um, laying out kind of a template. But then the second thing I want to do is I want to identify uh, three types of fast that we find in Scripture. And I'm going to talk about other kinds of fasts that I believe that God honors. I believe he honors even though we don't find them in Scripture. And then the third thing, just in closing, and it's only going to take a brief moment, is to talk about why we're engaging uh, in a fast as a church, why we're doing this together. So uh, we've got a roadmap, right? And so are you ready for the fasting journey? Okay, let's do this. Um, perhaps the best uh, way to lay out a template that we can all work from regarding fasting that puts us on the same page is to do what I said, to talk about what fasting is not. So uh, let me tell you three things. There are more, I'm sure, but that fasting is not. And number one, fasting is not simply going without food. Fasting is not simply going without food. Um, I was talking to someone this morning after one of the services, and I've had this happen to myself. I've been involved in times of fasting and actually realized I was really successful at not eating or fasting whatever I was fasting, but I didn't pray. When we look through Scripture, if you do a search of uh, fasting in Scripture, you find that fasting is a spiritual discipline that is always partnered with a spiritual discipline of prayer. So as we move into this time of fasting, it's fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. It's not simply going without food. Here's the, here's the second thing. Um, fasting uh, should not be viewed as a convenient way to lose weight or to clean up your eating after the holidays. <laughs> now, here's my confession. Um, during the holidays, like no other time that I can remember in a long time, my eating was off the charts. It was out of control. I mean, I was just eating, 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 and I felt terrible, and I kept eating. And so um, 
uh, d- during the holidays, my wife loves to bake, and I'm not exaggerating that some it's during the holiday season she baked between 300 and 400 cookies. I, I'm so she was just baking all the time. She was baking cookies. She was decorating cookies. She got new rolling pins that put designs in cookies. And if she made 300 cookies, guess how many I ate? 150. I mean, I was just, I was just, I was, I love me some cookies. I just really do. I love cookies. It's, it's my downfall. Um, in, in fact, in our house, if we had a pack of Oreos, Cammie could just reach into the pack and gently pull out two Oreos, eat them, and she's good for several days. Me, the whole sleeve. I just, just keep on pushing them down. Uh, so I, I, was, I was eating like crazy, and I confess that one of the things I thought was, I'll be glad when the fast starts because I get to clean up my eating and I'll, I'll lose some of this weight that I put on during Christmas. And then I, uh, I, I felt a self-reprimand, but more importantly, I, I sense that the Holy Spirit was convicting me. No, 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 no. That's not the purpose. That's not the purpose of the fast. It's not to clean up your eating. It's not to lose weight. Weight loss might be a reality during fasting, but it's never the goal. Here's the third thing. Fasting doesn't have uh, a genie in the bottle effect. In other words, we don't move into a time of fasting to um, get what we want from God. We don't get into a power play with God during fasting. Uh, We don't enter fasting with an attitude, okay, God, I'm going to deny myself this for this many days. And as a result, because I'm denying myself, I have an expectation that you must do this for me. There are benefits from fasting, but we don't go into the fasting thinking about the benefits or the blessings. We, we, don't, we don't get into a power struggle. We don't manipulate or try to manipulate God through our fasting. So how should we understand fasting? What's the purpose of fasting? Here's four other things I'll tell you. These are not in your notes. Um, fasting uh, should be viewed as an act of worship. Fasting should be viewed as an act of worship. Jesus confirms this uh, in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, I want to read to you chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. This is the first time that we find in Scripture that Jesus actually addresses the, the spiritual discipline of fasting. And here's what he says. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast... Put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. Listen to this. But only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees you, sees what is done in secret will reward you. Um, Jesus makes it very clear. The very, the very first statement that Jesus makes about fasting deals with the question of motive. Why are you fasting? Our fasting is to glorify God. We go into fasting as an act of worship, not to manipulate God. Fasting is first and foremost an act of worship that is centered on God and not us. Fasting causes us to focus on the blesser rather than the blessing. 
Because I, another true confession, there have been times where I've entered into fasting and I wasn't so much focused on God. I, I did talk to him a lot, but it's because I wanted something. And I should be satisfied if in a time of fasting, I simply glorify God for the 21-day period, the two-day period, the three-day period, the one-day period, whatever it might be, that my goal is to focus, to center on him. That's the purpose of fasting. It's an act of worship. Here's what John Wesley said about this. He said, first, let fasting be done unto the Lord with our eye singly fixed on him. Let our intention herein be this and this alone, to glorify our Father. When we fast, we move into it as an act of worship, and the focus of our fast is to glorify the Father. Richard Foster, who wrote the classic Celebration of Discipline, said this in response to John Wesley's um, statement. He says, this is the only way we will be saved from loving the blessing more than the blesser. In other words... uh, If we're going to enter into fasting correctly, if we're going to focus on the blesser, then we have to enter in that our goal is to simply glorify God. Uh, If there are benefits from the fasting, that's great. But we come into it to set ourselves apart. We're denying ourselves so we can glorify him. Here's the second thing. Fasting reveals what controls us. Fasting reveals what controls us. Our tendency is to cover up what's inside of us with things like food, things like uh, spending, uh, addictions, um, social media, our phone, other forms of technology. When we fast, we are forced to face what's inside of us. Fasting causes us to become very vulnerable. And as we fast... We allow the Holy Spirit to do a work of revelation in us. And so then suddenly, as the Holy Spirit is working, we begin to see things in us through the fasting like um, unforgiveness, bitterness, envy, jealousy, deception, sin in general. That's what happens when we enter into this time of fasting. Um, When we enter into a fast, the first portion of the fast should be uh, focused glorifying God and in a time of repentance where we would say, God, as I come before you um, and as I worship you, I ask that by your spirit you show, you reveal what's inside of me that needs to be changed. And as God shows that to you, then in repentance you offer it to him and say, I want more of you and less of this. I want, I want this to change in my life. And so we begin uh, the fast by allowing there to be a work of transformation uh, by the Holy Spirit that lasts throughout the endurance of the fast. Sometimes that determines how long the fast will be. We fast until there's a breakthrough in those things. Uh, King David in Psalm 69.10 said, I humbled my soul with fasting. Fasting brings us into a place of humility. Fasting reveals what enslaves us. Here's the great news. Fasting is a a, a pathway to freedom. Through fasting, we find freedom. We find release from those things that control us, those things that cause bondage in us. Here's the third thing. Fasting 
is actually feasting. That's a bit of an oxymoron, right? But fasting is actually feasting. Jesus makes this very clear. I'll read another passage to you. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. This is when Jesus had uh, experienced the the desert temptation uh, time of, of fasting. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In that, uh, Jesus proved that fasting is actually feasting. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. And in that time, uh, the tempter, Satan, was tempting him. And in the end, he said, You're hungry? Because when the fast ended uh, that 40 days, it says that Jesus was hungry. And the tempter came one final time and says, if you're hungry, here, this rocks, you can, you can just say the word and they'll turn into bread. And Jesus refused. He refused. He said, no. He said, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, he was recognizing, he was acknowledging that while we need food for, um, for substance uh, to sustain us, Ultimately, our true sustaining comes from God through Jesus Christ. That's that's where our substance comes from. That's what sustains us. That's how we we view fasting. Fasting is feasting. When we fast, we're taking in more of who Jesus is. We're letting him be revealed in our lives. And this is confirmed by Jesus uh, here's the last thing, and I've grouped several um, aspects of fasting into just one last point. Uh, we should also understand the purpose of fasting being fasting brings balance in life. Um, when I fast, um, and I'm denying myself, it actually affects other areas of my life, and I begin to see uh, how much I have that I don't need, how much stuff. And so it allows me to acknowledge that and then to begin to purge, to get rid of, to throw away, to do whatever I need to so that life can be a, a bit simpler. Uh, fasting uh, uh, causes a greater effectiveness in intercessory prayer. Over the years, there have been times where Cammy and I have interceded uh, for our children. We have two grown children, uh, Adam, who's 32, Zach, who's 28. And there have been times where we knew that the only thing that we could do for them was to pray. And so we would pray, and we decided to pray and fast. And it was in that time of prayer and fasting that we saw God as we glorified God. Uh, we brought our children before him in that time of fasting, and we saw change that happened in their life. Sometimes the change was so fast, it was like, I, I can't believe that that just happened. And other times, it took us several years to take place, too. <clears throat> For parents of adult children, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Fasting brings guidance and decisions. Oftentimes we'll fast because we glorify God uh, and we we believe that God will give us direction in that time as we glorify him to help us make crucial decisions in our life. Um, Fasting actually brings increased concentration. Uh, Fasting brings release from bondage. I've talked a little bit about that. Fasting has benefits for our well-being. There are scientific studies that show that fasting actually is good for our body. And so when we partner that with prayer, glorifying God, imagine what can happen. Um, I suppose in the simplest form, we could say this, that fasting is a spiritual discipline 
that allows us to abstain from food for a spiritual purpose. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that allows us to abstain from food for a spiritual purpose. Fasting is not an end in itself. It is a means by which we worship God and humbly come before him. It's an act of humility. Dallas Willard says this about fasting. The discipline, this discipline teaches us a lot about ourselves very quickly. It will certainly prove humiliating to us as it reveals how much our peace depends upon the pleasures of eating. All of this is tied in. It's, it's interesting how much uh, the, the degree that food plays in our life, our, our well-being, our, our peace, our joy. It, it's somehow all tied together. So let's move into the second phase, and these won't take very long. Uh, three types of fasting found in the Bible. This should help us further understand, and I'll tell you what the three types are, and then I'll go back and just briefly talk about them. Uh, three types of fast found in Scripture. One is the total fast. The second one is the normal fast, and the third one is a partial fast. So a total fast, a normal fast, and a partial fast. Uh, The total fast is when a person would decide to abstain from both food and water for a given period of time. Uh, We find the example of Moses in, in Exodus 34, verse 28. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights, without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, uh, the Ten Commandments. Um, So a total fast would mean that you would go for a period of time without food or water. And so I want to say, I want to give caution here. Um, And I'm going to give caution in all kinds of fasts regarding food and water. Um, We can go much longer without food then we can water. So very obviously what happened with, with Moses was very supernatural. Um, we, our bodies tell us that we, after about three and no more than four days, we must have water. And so um, I'm, I'm cautioning you, I'm, even a disclaimer, um, I'm not encouraging anyone to go into a total fast for 40 days or for 21 days. Um, that uh, if you feel that God is calling you to a total fast, that you would do that under a doctor's supervision. Uh, if you have issues like heart issues, diabetes, whatever it might be that might keep you from that, uh, then you still you need to do that with doctor's covering. And I would say that in all types of fasting with food, you let your body be the guide. You don't have to be a martyr. You may have uh, physical issues that will cause you to need to fast another way. I want to make sure I say that. Uh, the, the normal fast, um, this is where you abstain from food but not water for a given period of time. And I'm not going to read it again, but we find the example of Jesus that I just read in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It says that at the end of 40 days he was hungry, but it doesn't say anything about him being thirsty. So you could conclude that that was a fast, that he was drinking liquids during that time but not eating food. Um, And so you may choose to do a a, a normal fast. This is typically what people would do. Um, The third kind of fast, the partial fast, is often referred to as a Daniel fast. And here's why. In Daniel chapter 10, uh, verse 2 and 3, it says, At that time I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. 
And so Daniel, though his typical fast, when we look in Scripture, was more of a partial fast, in this 21-day period, he actually decided to go, he, he abstained from certain kinds of food. Uh, and many people will enter into a Daniel's fast during a time of fasting, and that might be something that you would try to There's actually literature. You can go online and Google Daniel's fast, and you can find all kinds of literature of how to follow a Daniel's fast. Um, what are other fasts beyond that? I said that I would mention a couple. Let me, let me start that this way. Um, when you are trying to determine how you're going to fast, I think the best question you can ask yourself is, what is it, what is it that's controlling me? What, what is enslaving me? If it's food and you can physically go on a fast from food, then I would suggest that you do that, that you enter into some kind uh, of a, 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 a you know, a, a partial fast where, where you're, you're abstaining from food. Last week I sat down and I actually charted out uh, my, my three weeks of fasting. And so in, in the midst of it, I have uh, a few days where there's a uh, partial fast and I have some days where I'm doing intermittent fasting. And I have a few days where I'm just kind of eating low key. That it's not that I'm going to go all day without food, but I, I you know, and so I kind of charted it out. That's part of the preparation I know what my roadmap is while I move into this fast. So I would say you would ask the question, what's holding me back? And you might say, it's food, and then you would go on a food fast. But you might say, it's spending. And maybe you would choose to fast all unnecessary spending. That could be pretty hard, actually. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's technology. Um, and, or, and so you say, I'm going to fast technology. Maybe you say, I can't fast technology completely because of my work. So you would, you would fast all unnecessary technology. Maybe that's social media. Many people during the 21-day fast, fast social media. And if that's something that's enslaving you, I really believe that God will honor that because it will redeem time that you've been putting. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. <laughs> Hours scrolling. I mean, yeah. I only know because I've done it. Um, you know, what, so you determine, no one's to dictate to you what kind of fast that you're going on, but what I would ask is that you would enter into some kind of fast over the next uh, 21 days. Here, here's how I'll close. Why are we engaging in this fast together? Uh, number one, we want more. We desire a greater awareness of God's presence. Number two, we anticipate more. We want to prepare for new seasons of life. We're preparing what for what God has for us as individuals and as a church. Number three, we need more. We need God's intervention in our lives. We need his spirit to be outpoured in our life. Number four, we desire more. We want help in discerning God's will and discovering his direction. Final statement, I think it's there in your notes. Spiritual fasting isn't mainly about what we go without, but it's what we get more of. Isn't it interesting? We come back full circle. It's about more, more of him. So my challenge to us all is that we would somehow enter into this fast together as a church. We have one resource that will help you. Uh, If you go on our website and if you go on the homepage, you'll find an image like this. You can download a 21-day fasting guide that's been provided by our Foursquare denomination. There are literally people uh, around the world 
uh, in the United States and other countries who are following this fasting guide. So to think that you would be able to join in unity with others fasting around the world, uh, praying about the same things. But it's just a good guide to help you add the prayer portion to your fast. So with that, I'm going to ask you to stand. As I said, it was a very instructive message, but it prepares us. Uh, Let's pray. Father God, I pray that as we move forward in our spiritual development, that you would help us in this time of fasting. Give your discernment and how each one of us should fast, how we should proceed. And I pray, Father God, that you are glorified in all that we do, particularly during this time of fasting. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.